deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello and welcome to the Shriekcast. It's a podcast for lapsed Harry Potter fans. It's season four. We're starting book four. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, it's happening. We're here. We're 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 in season four, number four. Yeah, season four of TV is always the best, right? Hmm. Season <laughs> hmm. Season, season four of uh-huh. DS9 is really good. Well, that's the only TV I know of. <laughs> uh season four of TNG, also pretty good. Season Season four, four of Buffy is probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, season four, the one where they have the musical episode? I think that might be. I'm not sure. It might be the one before it, but I could be wrong because they took it off of Netflix, so I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, fuck. Put Buffy back. Okay. (laughs) Here's, I'm using my platform. Season four, we've got 69 patrons. I'm using my platform uh, to do some activism here. Thank you. Put Buffy back on Netflix so I can watch it because the only other option is to buy the dvd set okay they released an anniversary dvd set like two years ago or whatever maybe more recently it was a dvd set hello right like why you could at that point at that point in time you could watch it in hd on netflix um but now they've kind of got you over a barrel you have to get the the shitty dvd version if you want to watch it that sucks yeah put buffy somewhere i can watch it um I miss Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I really want to watch the episode about Moloch being in the internet again. That's from season one. That's a good one. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, season four. Uh, I'm sure that stuff on Buffy happens season four. Um, I'm really just planting the seeds for my ultimate Harry Potter thesis that'll I'll uh, you know <laughs> I'll come to near the end that Harry Potter uh-huh. is popular because it's written like a TV show. Um, this is a developing theory of mine, um, but I just thought I would plant the seeds here now that we're we're here in season four, which is usually what I would say of like a long running like seven or eight seasons TV show is usually like a pretty, pretty good spot, you know? Yeah. They've kind of gotten their uh, hit, hit their stride. Yeah. Hit their stride and like maybe look into like mix things up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, speaking of long series, um, sure. JK Rowling, you might know her. Mm, uh, who? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Robert Galbraith. Uh, oh Yeah um famous author of the cormoran strike series Mm -hmm. uh they've just released their latest one uh it is number four i believe for that series uh maybe three but i think it's four so they're on their fourth season too they're on their fourth out of ten apparently (laughs) um everyone knows ten seasons is too long that's a that's a that's a long tv series not for us though no absolutely not um, um <laughs> we 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 will stick through no matter what no matter how long it is uh always important too but yeah um yeah it's uh, uh jk rowling has her uh has her pseudonym uh robert galbraith now was i forget when because because she released the book before um this mystery series she did the casual vacancy right yeah yeah and that was under her own name yes um 
which, you know, I've read that one. I feel like we'll probably get to it at some point, and I'm going to have to reread it and make you read it. Uh-huh. Um, I'm excited. Which I guess, I don't know if that's better or worse than um, making me watch CinemaSins videos. I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's going to be like <laughs> like a, a kind of revenge. I actually remember a lot about The Casual Vacancy as her adult novel that when I read it, um, I... I kind of had the takeaway that this was the novel that she always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. I, if people ask me about it, I'm like, it's an entire novel, but it's about the Dursleys. Which honestly, when you put it that way, it makes me interested. Um, yeah, it's 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 uh, more political. I would say I don't think it mm, says anything like mm, that crazy. It's not, it's just not, it's not that out there. It's it's very right. much the the Dursley like this is this is what uh, small town politics look like when they're stuck in their own bubble and their own okay. you know small time yeah. egos um that actually so sounds kind of interesting it, it is i i don't think it's like that out there and i would i have read it and thought much of it if she didn't write it i don't know but right. uh with these with these novels she wanted people to read them presumably not as as jk rowling novels but it's such a weird thing i i don't understand did did she release the first one anonymously and then it like became very clear that it was her and she kind of had to own up to it or um has it always been this sort cuz like like she doesn't pretend it's not her at all like like it's yeah, very Yeah, not any not anymore. Um I I have like a story in my head that I just don't know is true that I'm pretty sure that it was not necessarily nobody knew, but it was it was not particularly known and i do think that the the idea behind it was that she wanted people to read her her mystery novels without that expectation of who she was um, right which i can actually understand like like I, I i think that's an interesting idea it's weird because as far as i've seen while i've been following it at least i've only ever known it as like her sort of like joking around and being like ah i am i am friends with robert galbraith uh like you know like it's a weird uh yeah i i i'm like i'm skimming the the wikipedia which i should have done before we we talked about this because i am a little bit curious it sounds like um uh uh i don't know how it's pronounced ian rankin um Mm -hmm. he he said like in 2007 he said that uh his wife spotted her scribbling away at a detective novel and then later retracted the story claiming it was a joke but the rumor persisted um and in 2012 there was a guardian article speculating that uh, her next book would be a crime novel um huh and that uh and then she has also said that she would have liked to to write under a pseudonym it looks like it was just kind of an open sort of secret i would say it's just i think there are like three stories that i i get conflated here it's one that when she released the casual vacancy a couple of other authors had that weird thing where they got mad at her and were like give someone else a chance which was i always thought that was very weird like one of the few one of the few times i will defend jk rowling uh will is 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 when people were telling her she couldn't write stuff under her own name anymore for some reason that was kind of strange then i think then i think of the story she tells about how she adopted the name jk specifically so it was sort of gender neutral uh so people might read it and then i also think of her having the name robert galbraith because i'm assuming that 
similar to the JK thing, like people like I I don't have any like data on this, but I'm sure that like most of like the most famous like like mystery paperback writers, you know, people who write like in the sort of like crime subgenre are probably like like well-known male authors i would imagine so i sort of get like all three of these stories like in a blender yeah. whenever i think about her like non-harry potter career yeah it doesn't look like it was ever like a, a real secret but i can see a world where you know i i know that there are people out there that that go to the library or the bookstore and they are they are mystery slash detective novel readers and that's all they read and they go and they just pick out a book from you know from that section and i could see uh wanting those people to pick up a robert galbraith novel and not have it be oh the harry potter lady wrote this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but anyway so speaking so 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 she has this new book and speaking of robert galbraith she has this like kind of cutesy interview in the new york times where they they do a q a with her and like her friend quote-unquote robert galbraith (laughs) um there are some real good nuggets in here oh Um, hell yeah i think the most incredible one is so they ask her about the name because the the main character's name in this series is cormoran strike Mm -hmm. um which is quite a name i actually think it's kind of a cool name but it is when i think of the last name strike which i guess it like like could be a, a real last name but like it cormoran strike to me sounds like a cyberpunk character um yeah uh but she says here i'm very interested in the power of names and naming and i can't really get to grips with characters until i've settled on their name this is the first time i've given a lead character a really strange moniker no it's not what i guess i guess maybe she meant the main character scamander scamander i forgot i forgot about old (laughs) newt old newt old newt scamander we've got albus dumbledore we've got uh, uh that's fucking... albus dumbledorf to you oh sir. that's true we have theseus scamander i, I yeah just just kind of a, a goofy goofy little one there i was gonna say I, when i read that i was like okay i'm i'm gonna read that in a nice way i'm gonna say she meant the literal lead character but you're right newt scamander newt, um, newt scamander um mm. But this is the that this is the the number one with a bullet takeaway here. Um, I have a new theory, and I'm thrilled about it. And I think it's that uh, J.K. Rowling is uh, an AMV head. Um, what? All right. Question. Music is threaded throughout the novels. We know, for example, that Strike's dad is a famous rock star. Blue Oyster Cult songs figure in the plot of Career of Evil. If you were to give me a playlist to listen to while I read Lethal White, what would it be? She says, there are eight songs or pieces of music mentioned in the novel that should be on the playlist. Cut Off by Kasabian. No Woman, No Cry by Bob Marley. Wherever You Will Go by The Calling. Rihanna's Where Have You Been? N.I.P. by Kanye West and Jay-Z. Oliver Twist by DeBange. I think that's how I pronounce that. I apologize if that's not. Black Trombone by Sergey Gainsborough. And Brahms Symphony No. 1 in C minor. I'd add So Long Marianne by Leonard Cohen for Strike and Charlotte. Heroes by David Bowie for the Olympics backdrop and White Horses by Andrea Ross, not only for the book's leitmotif, but for Robin and a romantic, innocent girl's idea of adventure and freedom. She she has she has shipping songs. 
Wow. This Burn is a characters? huge this is a huge revelation. This is um, so good. This this is a game changer. Um because this this changes our, you know, what does Snape have for breakfast into uh-huh. the question, what should I listen to when thinking about Snape? This is uh. such you know if I uh wrote a book, I would never in a million years answer this question. Like if if someone interviewed me and said like what's what's the playlist? No, no, oh. sir, I will not answer. Really? So here's no. my this to me this is like maybe the most humanizing thing I've seen in an interview with J.K. Because I guess I guess peek behind the curtain here if you if if people are listening and and don't know like I I do comic and stuff and I could go on for fucking ever. If someone asked me this question about like what's my playlist for like writing and drawing my comic and like like do I have like <laughs> character themes? Oh my god, I could talk forever about that shit. Um Yeah. Uh I love it. Um I, 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 I could that, I think that my brain is broken by two things. Okay. Um they are number one is Battlestar Galactica. Um, and yeah. the part and the part where all the Cylons turn up. Sorry, spoilers for Battlestar Galactica. That I fucking guess. awful cover I, I, of All Along I the suppose. Watchtower. Yeah. So so when like All Along the Watchtower comes on and all the Cylons wake up, but it's like not even the real song. It's like this <laughs> shitty cover of it. It's oh god, I hate that part. <laughs> so okay, it's like, that's like the- <laughs> one of one of the best '60s rock songs, and they like they, they like completely strip out the melody and they like put this shitty MIDI orchestra over it, and then the guys like. Like, like he's not even fucking trying oh i hate that shit oh yeah yeah okay so fuck battlestar galactica okay so that's the first thing that broke my brain and the second thing <laughs> is um is uh reading about uh stephanie meyer's playlist um oh, and, it's, and yeah. how she like dedicated it to muse because she spent the yeah, whole that's... time listening to muse um yeah I think that's all fine, but I'm I'm like now convinced 100% that like whatever internally goes on with like a creator when they think about like fictional characters and like the music that goes with it, other than making AMVs, just like it's just it's just going to be way cornier than you ever think it's going to be. You're going to you're going to be coming out with your muse playlist for to listen to this- Twilight. This this is hilarious to me because this is so fitting for Goblet of Fire that we're about to talk about too because this is the movie uh eventually that we'll get to where she wanted Franz Ferdinand to play as the Weird Sisters um <laughs> and instead got like half of Radiohead and half of Pulp for like now I'm now I'm going to be nerding out here but like like I am so mad that they that she, jk rowling finally got like pulp and radiohead to collaborate and we got the really boring fucking can you do the hippogriff song um, we will be talking a lot about the can you do the oh, hippogriff yeah. song because that oh it is, yeah it is really something um, um they should have just but, gotten uh, marilyn manson to do the weird sisters <laughs> they, they should be, marilyn manson just playing this is the new shit at the yule ball please snape would be so into that oh and he'd and there'd be like a great (laughs) fucking shot of him and he's got like he's got like a spotlight on him he's like welcome to the ghoul ball like like oh fuck this is this is the cw show this is not this is not the the wb movies this is our Mm, the the official official streetcast cw shows but i have now like through all these separate stories i have such a picture of jk rowling's ipod you you Uh, know like like yeah 
like the idea of her listening to watch the throne is so <laughs> funny to me for some reason because i know that that's probably like that album's seven years old now i that's got to be like the most contemporary hip-hop she has right like, like oh, she yeah. has watched the throne that's the latest thing she has and she's so into it and but she like she thinks it's a little bit you know a little bit naughty that she's listening to it but she really likes it and whenever kanye says don't let me into my zone she's like oh he's definitely in his zone <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you're right it's all true. I take back what I said. Uh, this is this is a beautiful, beautiful truth we've uncovered. Um, I, I am picturing her like putting on, you know, her, I actually don't know. Does she have school age kids? We know she does because they she all does. play Minecraft. Right, right. So this is what I imagine. She like puts her school age kids to bed and then she's going to put the naughty music on and she puts yeah. Watch the Throne on and, and kicks back uh-huh. with some Minecraft of her own. <laughs> she, she has a separate Minecraft save that's just hers. She puts on Watch the Throne. She gets a bottle of wine out. Like I said, this is the most humanizing thing. To be honest, that sounds great. I'm going to do that tonight. Yeah, that's, that sounds fucking great, right? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so there's there's Robert Galbraith slash J.K. Rowling's incredible musical revelation. Um, That's great. Um, so I, I'm sure we will eventually get to these books, but for now, just uh, just uh... oh my god, it does. Okay, this is one one more thing about this. There, it, this article does link an amazing tweet from her that is Robert Galbraith wrote a chapter of the next Strike book in a tra- in a trailer on the set of the next Fantastic Beasts movie today. Wizard emoji, spy emoji. Oh my! This is wow. very. This is this is the most when she's not being transphobic and and shitty about Palestine on Twitter. Uh, Jake Rowling is almost almost kind of uh, an adorable tweeter. Yeah, um, if only if only it could just be that. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's my news, but uh, but I, I hear that you have something for us from your favorite website today. Yeah, I do. Um, and I guess like this is fun because this is our first episode of um season four of of the Streetcast. Uh, but today, the day of our recording is actually Hermione's birthday. Happy birthday, Hermione! Happy birthday, Harry, Hermione! Harry won't be getting her anything. Well, um, no. <laughs> No, absolutely not. Um, I actually, I was going to remember how old she is today since for some reason it all like is on our real timeline. So right. Should be like 37 me, or something. Let uh, me, right? let me find out if, uh, I think she's maybe 39. Let's see if the way he uh, dynamically updates her age. Um, no, it doesn't. She's born Damn. in 1979, and I'm not about to do that math, but um, <laughs> <laughs> not not here not here to do math. Um, so it's <laughs> it's her birthday. Um, so that's that's kind of a, a like fun thing. But uh, Pottermore, because it's her birthday, and again, there's just no way for me to know if this is a new feature or they're just reposting it today because it's her birthday. But when you they're go to the listening front to the page, Freaking Shack. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so when you go to the front page, the 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 head feature is the chapter that made us fall in love with dot 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 Hermione Granger, um, and it's just like a a celebration of Hermione, and it kind of goes over like a quick summary of like all the cool stuff she did in all the books. But it does it does make draw a conclusion, and it's like the best like 
thing that she did in the books and i know that you already know but play along uh what what do okay. you think was like the best thing that she did i know we, we haven't gotten past book three yet but you probably probably remember some of the other stuff from the other other yeah. books yeah um when she uh uh conjured up some fire in a jar to keep them all warm um when she cool. solved the 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 potion riddle snape's incredible potions riddle um <laughs> i forgot i it's been so long since we did philosopher's stone i forgot about the potions riddle when when she bought harry that like really fancy broom care kit uh mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of lovable hermione moments that we've gotten gotten so far yeah i agree um I like Hermione. She's one of my favorite characters. And I have to say that this feature, uh, deciding that the time Turner chapter is Hermione's <laughs> best moment has me a little bit worried, a little bit worried going forward. Is that, is this, was the time Turner chapter the last thing that Hermione gets to do in these books other than like Mary Ron? Uh, I hope not. There's spew. We got spew in this book. <sighs> yeah. Um, and spew's going to be a joke. I assume. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, I think that she gets mad at Harry about potions in book six. I um, think that she camps with Harry in book seven. There's but some is this dating really... drama in six, I think, yeah. too. Yeah. Um in the movie they dance to a Nick Cave song, which is Great. actually actually like maybe the one good part of that movie i remember uh which is incredible yeah yeah um i can't really think of anything off the top of my head no so this is kind of my worry because i read this and i find it to be very ominous yeah she's gonna have nothing else to do i know people talk about ron not doing anything Mm -hmm. um but But yeah this is it yeah she gets to date Victor Crumb. A lot of it is dating related from here weird. on. Weird. That's weird. Uh, uh-huh. um, so, because because this is the thing is like when I opened this, I, I was I was like really the time turner because I didn't really feel like she did anything. Mm-hmm. Like she just had the the magical object, right? It's, right. It's not. It's not. I, I would say even her solving the basilisk puzzle off screen is more of a <laughs> right. Like she did you something because <laughs> even Harry is the one that that ultimately figures out what they're going to do with the time. Yeah, turner. and he actually physically like does all of the stuff that they mm-hmm. they do, other than in the movie where they you know add a little bit more for them to do. But I'm like, this can't be her her big moment yeah well especially because like like in the book if we're talking specifically about the book version right like the movie like you say like adds some more dynamic stuff where they're working together right um in the book mostly it's harry suggesting stuff and hermione shooting it down uh and then him saying i think i saw my dad and her saying no you didn't he's dead like like she's not exactly like uh an emotional support uh bastion here you know no Um, so she's not even doing that much in like the way of like interesting dialogue either so yeah like i Uh, think that her uh, thing with professor lupin even in this book might be like a better hermione moment right like her figuring it all out and hiding it because she thought he was a good guy and like like that's a that's another good moment in like her like increasing number of like cool things where she like 
you know, is weighing the rules, you know, capital R versus, you know, morals. And like, that's like her whole arc. Right. And like, yeah, that's way more interesting than what she does in the time travel chapter. Yeah, I, this this feature tries to kind of draw the conclusion that um, the thing that she did was like, it, it does that thing that uh, sometimes happens when people are talking about about stories where they go, if she hadn't been smart enough to get the time turner, then Sirius would have died. Which is kind but, of a, a kind of weird way of thinking about the like trajectory <laughs> of a story i guess uh, well, yeah that's that's a that's a kind of that's getting into like chicken and egg territory right, right. That's like... i saw i saw a post on the harry potter reddit like last week or something which was of course like while we were or like a few weeks ago when we were reading prisoner of azkaban and it was the like shower thought if fudge hadn't given Sirius the paper to see peter pettigrew uh, nothing would have happened in book three. So <laughs> yes, this is how stories me. work. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the inciting incident. So um, uh, it kind of strikes me as as using that kind of kind of logic to yeah. to give her credit for having the object that they needed. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't so, get me wrong. God, I would I would love for the time travel chapter to be like a big Hermione moment. It's just not in the book. I don't think. No. Um, uh yeah she, in the I, movie I she gets Hermione to say gets... bombarda and blow up a door that oh was damn cool. she does yeah i just hope she gets something to do so i'm i guess i'll be on the lookout i'm always on Ginny watch obviously <laughs> but i now might have to be watch. on like hermione watch does she get to do anything we, anymore? we might just have to be like are we just on girl watch are we on like like <laughs> female character getting to do anything watch uh, uh. For yeah. the rest of the series. Yeah, I and you know, it's funny and I don't want to talk about this for too long. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like probably go on forever. Um but when people I have seen and I'm kind of uh subtweeting Leaky Cauldron here a little bit. When pe- <laughs> when people accuse Harry Potter of of being not feminist, the common like uh rebuttal is like keep reading. You know, oh. like you, like oh, you, like you, you, you're cherry picking from early in the series, but keep reading, and you'll see that you know you were a fool all along, and you can't judge it too fast. So I have a hard time imagining that these books are going to become more feminist. <laughs> it seems kind of <laughs> like the opposite. So, so yeah, we are on Girl Watch. We're on, yeah, we're on Girl Watch. Um, starting with book four, the one where. There's a comedy subplot where Hermione dares to care about oppressed peoples. Yeah, there's also a um, a, a species of of extremely sexy girls, and that's their power. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got we got Vila content coming up. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, so that kind of wraps up my Pottermore stuff. Happy birthday, Hermione! uh i guess i guess we'll see we'll be we'll keep be keeping an eye out yeah but uh hey season four we're reading goblet of fire uh which is the fourth book and it came out in 2000 and that's a really scary thing for me to think about because that was a long time ago but i have very weirdly vivid memories of it um do you have any specific like reading or like around this time memories of harry potter stuff 
uh, not really before? honestly i was i was 10 years old in in the year 2000 um right yes that's yeah that's how math works um and and i i probably would have thought that i was at the midnight release but i must not have and the only real memory i have of like midnight book releases were order of the phoenix so i don't have a super vivid memory of this one i will say that like before my my overall impression when i think about harry potter as a series (laughs) i definitely put a dividing line between like one two and three and four, five, six, seven. Yes. Um, I, I feel like this is like a milestone. I feel like four uh, changes the tone. So so I think of this as like we're, we are really in it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned midnight releases because I am also pretty sure my first midnight release was five, was for Order of the Phoenix. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that's the other thing uh, is that these books were like on a yearly schedule up until this point, And then there were three or four years between this and order of the Phoenix. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is order of the Phoenix but... went through, I think on like almost an entire book rewrite and it's also yeah. extremely long. And I think that that's, this is a really interesting part of like Harry Potter fandom when there were just like long gaps to fill in with like fan theories and the movies were coming out and stuff. Like it's a really, really interesting time um because actually this was this would have been released before the first movie um Mm -hmm. so like after book four you basically were just like on movie watch until the fifth book came out um yeah which which is a weird way to think about it um like these were coming out kind of in tandem uh but for me my very strong gobble of fire memory is that i got it before going on a vacation with my parents which was a cruise through Alaska on a big old boat. Um, And the reason I I have two very vivid memories. (laughs) One, (laughs) uh, we were outside on the deck or whatever, but I had my nose in the damn book and uh, like there was a polar bear or something that we could see like with binoculars or whatever. And I was really mad that I had to like look away from my book to look at the polar bear. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad about that anymore. It's a, a page turner. <laughs> polar bears are cool. I'm glad I saw a polar bear. Um, I think it was a, no, it wouldn't have been a polar bear because it was fucking Alaska. It would have been like a grizzly bear or something. There was a bear of some description. Sure. Um, uh, the other one is that I, I was like so enamored with the book being like this gigantic. Like this would have been like my first like gigantic hardcover book, you know. Um. And it felt very, it was like a tome. It felt very special. Uh, and I immediately spilled hot chocolate all over it. No! Um, and so I think in my garage somewhere still, I I have this like very stylishly stained copy of Gobbled of Fire. Um, yeah. That, uh, which, which I was very upset about, but also kind of gives us some character, I think. Uh, For sure. Yeah, those are much much more vivid memories than I have of of reading this book. Um, also, don't worry, there are polar bears in Alaska. Okay, just so you know. 
Okay, good. It was some kind of bear. I was worried that I was making a, a, a critical dumbass mistake there. But... <laughs> Polar bear in Alaska? No, I, I don't have any super vivid memories of this book. Um, I, I do have one memory, which I don't necessarily know if it was Goblet of Fire related. Um, but, uh, you know, the, when these books came out and they were just these tomes, like these are, these are long books. I would just sit and read them in like 48 hours tops. Oh, me too. Yeah. I read, uh, I read book seven in one sitting, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Me too. So every time that one of these big ones came out, I, I would sit and read them and my dad would walk around the house and he would sing a little song. Um, and it, (laughs) and it, and it was, I, I can't remember like the melody, but he would, he would just like holler throughout the house. Uh, I've lost my daughter in Harry Potter. Holy like on shit. and on and on. Oh so, so that, so that's my vivid memory. I oh don't know if it was God. Goblet of Fire, but <laughs> that's so incredible. <laughs> I'll Holy have to uh, shit. next next time I see him, I'll have to uh, record him singing it so we can we can that's, post it. So that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh god um wow that's 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 wonderful yeah so that's Um, what i think of for these very long books (laughs) uh i i think the other other thing that's worth mentioning here is that like this was the beginning probably of like true full-on harry potter mania in like the mainstream culture i think oh yeah um I say that because the way back in like our, you know, I think like third or fourth episode, maybe even second episode, we we watched that uh, incredible Harry Potter and me documentary. Um, And the framing device on that was the release of Goblet of Fire, where she like got up on stage in a stadium and like read the book to people. Um, but I think a good segue here into our reading is there's this <laughs> amazing clip in this in this documentary of this little girl getting getting her copy and she opens it immediately and she like turns to the first page and like in this very matter of fact voice just says, oh, oh, no, this is not how this is supposed to start at all. <laughs> good so i i will use that as my transition to bring us into chapter one of goblet of fire and it is called the riddle house uh, Hell yeah. also also known as frank chapter it's frank chapter it's frank chapter uh so i tried to pick out kind of the important parts here we it's kind of exposition about this little village called little hangleton and there is a story about uh three like three murders that happened 50 years ago and it was three people um at the riddle house that were discovered dead and their their older gardener frank who was uh back from the war was implicated in these murders and so this this village, which honestly, when I was talking about the casual vacancy, this is kind of more of that stuff, which is why I think that that book was always the book that J.K. Rowling wanted to write, which is the, uh, you know, townspeople that all, all thought Frank was nice and then he gets arrested and then they all knew the entire time that he was mm-hmm. he was a killer. Right. That's kind of the the tone that's set here. However, Frank is let go. Um, because the coroner's report comes back on the on the three dead bodies, and it's discovered that there's nothing wrong with them. They looked like they died of fright, but there was no 
no evidence of homicide because nothing happened to them. And it's very spooky. So um, Frank goes back and uh, spends the next uh, 50 years uh, gardening uh, at the old house, which has been bought um, by some rich person and his is uh, uh, vacant all this time because he's just like parking money there or something. Would you say it's casually vacant? <laughs> yes, it is casually vacant until one night when Frank, the now elderly gardener, uh, wakes up and sees that there are lights on in in the old riddle house and thinks the teenagers have have broken in to to do a, do some kind of ruckus in there as teens are are apt to do they're probably in there doing their fortnight dances um, <laughs> so he's like oh those damn kids and he gets up and it's you know nighttime so he he walks over to the the main house and and goes in but he realizes when he gets gets in there that it's not teens it's two two mysterious voices and one sounds really evil and and we we with frank get to overhear their conversation uh it's voldemort and wormtail and they are are plotting something sinister they're going to be staying in the riddle house for for about a week a week and they're waiting to put their plan into motion until after the quidditch world cup because the because of all the uh world cup security wormtail tries to tell voldemort that they don't need harry for their evil plan and voldemort kind of gets mad at him um, and they talk a little bit, I guess the important information here is that they have kidnapped and killed a woman named Bertha Jorkins. They tortured her for information and that they also are planning on killing Harry Potter and that it can't be anyone else for their, you know, mysterious evil plan. Frank overhears that they're planning on, on killing someone and, and starts to worry and thinks that he should call the police. But before he can kind of leave a huge snake slithers by and that's nagini and nagini tells voldemort that someone is overhearing their conversation voldemort calls him in uh wormtail turns his chair around he's horrible looking and frank is killed that's the chapter dun 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 very spooky some spooky stuff yeah so we've we've always sort of made fun of this frank, <laughs> like frank chapter has always been kind of a running gag on the podcast um I actually did not hate this. I did not think this was as bad as I was expecting to. Um, no, it's pretty goofy, but uh, it's, I, it's a yeah. little bit spooky. Uh, it's I like got some the, cool stuff. I like the hinting at the at the lore at, at <laughs> Voldemort lore. Yeah, um, I I just I when I said that I just went into and in, back in time to when I was listening to the audiobooks and Jim Dale calls him Voldemort. He does, and I think J.K. Rowling has said that that's actually the correct way yeah. to say it, which is, I, I, I guess that makes sense because it is it is morte and like I think if you're thinking like mortgage and stuff, like like I yeah. guess that's correct. Or, or even like if you're saying that in French, you would not say Voldemort. Yeah, I just think Voldemort sounds cooler, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I just, I just used to call it. I used to used to say Voldemort because that's always how Jim Dale said it. And then the yeah. movies came out and I just kind of had to switch because everyone calls him Voldemort. And for some reason, <laughs> I just I just went back in time and and uh, <laughs> said Voldemort. So Dumbledore. Yeah. Dumbledore. That is the correct way to say Dumbledore. That's true. Dumbledore. Fun fact. But yeah, there's stuff I like here. Um, I think it, it, one I in the same way that I really like the first chapter of Philosopher's Stone. I like 
getting a picture of what the wizarding world looks like and what the world in general looks like through different eyes mm-hmm. in this series. Um, I, I love the small town pettiness story that's going on here. Um, well, I have a thing- great book for you. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but just, just like the whole, like everyone going like, no, it couldn't be Frank. And then like the news that he's been arrested or whatever. And everyone going like, Oh, I always knew Frank was a weirdo. Like that, that stuff I think is great. Um, there's some cute jokes in here. I think the, uh, aside from the fact they were dead, they were perfectly healthy thing. Uh, when they're talking about the bodies in the riddle house. Um, so that stuff I think is good. I think the reason why i remembered this as such a goofy chapter and why i still think it's it's still quite goofy is that like after all the mood is built with the house and the dust and and the spooky voices and the and the and and what have you frank does an assassin's creed eavesdropping mission where he hears <laughs> a way too detailed conversation for a long long time um where and i hate to i hate to dip into the cinema sins bucket here but like (laughs) if you want to talk about like playing the pronoun game with like like things that are important to a story i laughed out loud when peter pettigrew multiple times says the thing we could do the thing with some like with another body or whatever and i was just (laughs) fucking losing i was just imagining like Voldemort going like, what do you mean the thing? Have you been reading those fucking oatmeal comics again, Peter Pettigrew? Are you going to say all of the things to me? Are you are you gonna are you gonna send me some cat pictures, Wormtail? Like like it's it's so. I know that th- that was not like a gag at the time, but just like him saying like the thing was just like I'm gonna do the thing like. Shut up, Peter. We're going Shut to up. wait to do the thing until after the World Cup. Yeah, it's it goes on for quite a long time. Like it's got to be a, like the bulk of the chapter, I would say, because there's mm-hmm. kind of the establishing uh, narrative. But the the bulk of it is that is the is the eavesdropping Assassin's Creed mission for sure. Um, uh-huh. I. I really, I think my favorite thing about this chapter is uh, something I touched on very briefly, and it's that. Uh, you know, and this is something like I want to be proved wrong about once we get later into the books. But this is exactly the level of uh, Voldemort lore that I ever want. Um, I like the like sinister backstory of the Riddle House. It is easily in the he is scarier the less you know about him mm-hmm. camp. Um, and I think this is like this is just like perfect and I don't want any more. And I know we're going to get like flashbacks and Voldemort's entire family tree and his like every, every moment of his every day while he grew up. And that kind of ruins his character for me. So I enjoyed this kind of return to, uh, he's just like kind of a scary guy with a mysterious past and you just get kind of a glimpse of it. Yeah. That's that's plenty. Yeah. And, and I think the we're 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 dancing around this. I think, uh, and and I'm just gonna gonna deploy it. Like, okay, uh, the hand thing, uh, oh. here, yeah, the the like like you know that you t- you're you're you talking about things that are better left unsaid, things that are scarier <laughs> without knowing. Like, 
this chapter isn't just like like a moody like character development or like you know thing for Voldemort this is like like the blueprint for the rest of the plot of the book we get like oh they're going to do something at the world cup and ooh they need harry potter for something and ooh uh, I'm going to do something that m- that my followers would give their right hand to do. Like, like <laughs> it really is just like, here's, here's all the beats that are going to happen in this story. Well, that's what happens when you plan out your plot ahead of time. You can do these clever, Damn, little, uh, clever little plot outlines in your first chapter here. Yeah. Yeah. It just like that, that stuff and like the knowledge and like, th- this is a less fair criticism, but like, beyond this book uh we're gonna learn so much about the riddle family and stuff that it really robs this of any mystery and like spooky vibe that it has in this stage yeah i i'm just i i always reading this just reminded me that book six is just a series of flashbacks that are <laughs> like reveals into his life and i just like this a lot better i honestly yeah. don't have a ton to say about this chat i mean this is like you said this is outlining the rest of the book and what's gonna happen i don't really remember how bertha like what they what they learned from bertha jorkins um is this let me think is this our first on-screen on-page murder (sighs) other other than quarrel crumbling to dust I'm, well, I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to think of, like, like of, like, just, like, an innocent person. I think it might be. Because, um, like, we've, we've, we've heard about Sirius Black slash Peter Pettigrew doing murders. We've, we heard that Salazar Slytherin and, and the Basilisks wanted to murder people. But I think you might be right in that this is, like, the first actual death of, like, an innocent character on, like, in the story like present tense yeah um uh, that i think this book kind of sets i mean that's what i'm talking about when i say like i think of one two and three is kind of their own thing and then four five six seven is like their own thing is that this is this is kind of kicking off the tone of the of the rest of the books not yeah. just death but just i mean a lot of a people talk about adults. harry po- oh. yeah a lot of people talk about harry potter is like having grown up with kids that uh that read it as they were growing up and i think that there mm-hmm. is something to that but it does kind of provide an interesting contrast just going through it as a whole independent of growing up with the books yeah and this is also not not even just in like like tone and and stuff but like this is this feels like a departure in style as well like we we talked about this a little bit with um azkaban like azkaban felt a little bit like a um an evolution of like the style that was being used to write this book but like here it's like even more apparent like like the pacing is is entirely different like Mm -hmm. like like this is an entire chapter and like the chapter after this as well is like an entire chapter dedicated to um uh like a single i I almost want to say more novel style honestly than like like or or it could go both ways this is like this is either more novel style in that like each chapter is just sort of a loosely contained idea um rather than like a uh, like a tv style like you know cliffhanger set up for a cliffhanger <laughs> um 
that being said, this is also a setup for a cliffhanger, and this also feels a lot like a cold open to a TV show, almost, you know? Like, the credits oh, kick in yeah. after Frank dies. So I guess we could kind of go either way there. Um, uh, but it does this would be feel... A great, this would be a great episode of uh, my favorite CBS show, Inside Edition. No, excuse me, Early Edition. I early mix it edition. up with the, the popular entertainment news show, imagine, Inside Edition. Imagine the fucking conversation Peter Pettigrew and Voldemort are having while it's, like, playing that... <laughs> music like hell yes hell yes but yeah this this feels the pacing is a lot different the the um the amount of s- detail given to small moments is expanding um and and i think that is why these books increase in length so much uh, uh you know this is one conversation basically uh yeah like a little bit of detail about frank but it's it's an entire chapter and so like that's interesting um and i can't tell you how i feel about that yet because i've only read two chapters but it it is definitely immediately jumping out as like a difference yeah do you have anything else for this chapter or should i jump into the second one i think yeah i think i'm good i think i think that that's this chapter like okay not as not as goofy as i thought it was going to be but still very goofy yeah i i I guess my closing thought is that i remember reading this as a kid and being confused and i i definitely had that exact same reaction as that as that little little girl that said this is not how this is supposed to start Uh um i i think that there really is something to be said about the routine of these books um Mm. it's I mean, that's like kind of a staple of the school fantasy genre, I would say that like very like in in a series where like predictable things, things happen. Um, You know, Harry Potter books start in with the Dursleys and then there's the train and then they go to school. And Mm -hmm. um, and this one definitely, you know, it starts off with the Frank chapter and it is a little bit jarring if if you're, you know, a kid. I, I feel like it's so, Harry, like who the fuck is Frank what is, Harry? what is this um so chapter two is called the scar <laughs> and I just <laughs> I don't I don't have much here uh Harry <laughs> I'm actually I'm laughing that this chapter just starts as Harry waking up from a dream that was the last chapter <laughs> it's yeah like <laughs> Can can I do the summary this time? Can we can we can we take a, a break here, or or at least you know do your summary and then can I do mine? Uh, yeah, but it might be the same. Uh, okay, yeah. What's the, yours? Harry wakes up. The previous chapter was a dream. His scar was hurting. I'm just gonna read it as I wrote it because I usually kind of kind of flower it up a little bit. Exposition yeah. about Hogwarts, the Dursleys, Quidditch, Harry. <laughs> Harry imagines telling his friends about his scar and that it would be dumb. Decides to tell Sirius and we get some exposition about him. Harry writes Sirius a letter and tells him about Dudley's PlayStation. He tells about the scar, but not about the dream. Oh, God. Okay. You know what? Yeah, I think as as always, you have done you have done a perfect job. I don't have anything to add to that. Thank you. Uh, um, This maybe this is the chapter i was thinking of when i was thinking about the frank chapter being stupid (laughs) this is a very stupid chapter uh it after it's so weird going from the mood of the frank chapter to this one that like treats it as this like like 
like whoa what was that weird dream harry had like it's so like like it kills the mood completely it definitely goes whoa what was that weird dream and then it goes immediately into last season on harry potter oh god at least we don't get the rules of quidditch explained to us mercifully that's gonna happen later yeah you know that's for the quidditch world cup Uh uh-huh um (laughs) but the we do get like there's a great line in here that says in harry's opinion it's the best sport in the world or whatever like like thank you like harry's opinion thank you gonna have to disagree harry um there's, yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of just like exposition that's not really worth talking about. What I do really want to get into here is I don't know if this is intentional. I don't know if this is just supposed to be like Harry growing up and being a moody, shitty teenager. <laughs> Harry's a fucking asshole in this chapter thinking about his friends. Uh like complete prick. <laughs> like like just so he wakes up, his scar hurts. That's that hasn't happened ever since first year. When there was Voldemort, and he's 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 worried, and he's like, "Damn, I gotta talk to someone about this. Am I gonna talk to Hermione? No, that dumb bitch would just tell me to look at a book. <laughs> like and she would, tell, she would Ron, tell Dumbledore. Yeah, then she would tell Dumbledore. It's like, oh, what about Ron? Oh, Ron is a stupid fucking idiot. He wouldn't know. He would just say, I'm Ron. Like, 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 it's just Harry being fucking mean. Like, what's his problem? Why, yeah. he, why can't why can't he talk to his friends about his problems this is this is uh, you know people talk a lot about harry uh, especially in order of the phoenix like this is a this is a like a fandom thing where they're like wow i didn't like order of the phoenix because he is he doesn't tell anyone what's going on and he's just an angsty teen i was not expecting to see the seeds of that in chapter two of goblet of fire <laughs> um uh I feel like there are maybe infinite ways of of going about him sending a letter to Sirius instead of his friends that doesn't come off as mean spirited on his part. Mm-hmm. But this, the, well, that is how it comes across. I mean, there 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 is a very relatable ish line here where he says like, "No, he needs someone like a parent, like." But he's never had that before, and then he realizes that Sirius is there, which I think is a good nugget except that it's in between him being a complete shithead about her like 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 honestly the hermione one is the one that really sticks in my craw because like i can understand him thinking like well you know damn i love ron but like like i don't really talk to him about this kind of thing but like here it's like like oh that stupid hermione she'd just like (laughs) uh be really worried about me and offer to look something up in a book for me to help me and then talk to an authority figure who might also be able to help me like damn what an idiot like like what would be wrong with that like like like, that well, seems but, a, like okay, a lovely response like, the, Ron, the Ron one got me too though because he he starts it like very nicely he says like the Weasleys are my favorite family in the world but then he's like well Ron won't know but he'll just ask his dad but he just works at the Ministry of Magic and doesn't know anything <laughs> yeah like what, like, what the fuck Arthur, Arthur seems like a perfectly lovely and smart man like I, I don't yeah, know or at least would probably know the gravity or like what to do right i don't yeah so okay good thing about all of this i lo- i do like you said love that he's like i need a parental figure 
that's serious. Like that's that's a really great moment. It is it's so disappointing after this, like all this other stuff. And I even think that there are better ways to go about him not wanting to tell his friends, whether he's like embarrassed or, yeah, or just like sick of, of of like always having something weird going on and is like self-conscious about that. Um he even like it's tiresome because we went through this with him in the last book but i think it worked like way better when he had like a real reason to think his friends wouldn't understand like he tried Mm -hmm. to go to them and they reacted in a way that wasn't helpful and made Mm -hmm. him feel isolated and alone this just comes out of left field and really it's just a vehicle for exposition it's really (laughs) all this is yeah it establishes who these characters are for people who are reading for the first time i guess in like the weirdest most negative angle possible um i feel like the realization that he could ask Sirius is also undercut a bit by the fact that he also mentions that like he has already been talking to Sirius a bunch with letters and like even says like wow he couldn't believe it he hadn't thought of it yet which is just feels like the weirdest lampshade on this whole thing like like he's already been talking to Sirius like he's it's been really clumsy it's Sirius very has been strange sp- been spending tropical sending tropical birds to his house and he's like that oh I yeah Sirius which is, again is just like a vehicle for this exposition to tell us what what happened in the last book um yeah it's very strange like 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 it is very cute that Sirius has been sending tropical birds and Hedwig doesn't like them like I thought that was a cute detail there's there's a couple of things in here I like but it's just a very um I, I I and maybe maybe this is all intentional, right? Like maybe this is the beginning of of like angsty, moody Harry, and this is him just kind of in like for the purpose of the story being a jerk, thinking about his friends. But like to me it reads, at least now, so much more like the exposition was so important that it like ruined the story for a bit here. Yep. Unfortunate. Yeah, it just like like well, I gotta do this exposition chapter, so like I'm gonna stretch the characterization to fit that here. It, it, yeah, it's just a kind of a bummer, and I think I think this is maybe what I remember um, disliking about the beginning of this book more so than the actual Frank chapter is his like reaction to the Frank chapter. Yeah, uh, I guess I can talk about the most important part of this chapter, which is uh, Dudley's PlayStation. Dudley's PlayStation. Here it uh, is. Here it is. He must have gotten an import because it wouldn't have been out at this point in the UK. Uh, but also the game he's playing is Mega Mutilation Part 3. This, this is so good. This is a like, um, th- this is like a, a great window into like uh, JK, JK's like attitude towards video games, at least at this point of time like you know 10 years after she wrote this book she would uh she would recommend minecraft for the pleasure of uh building and killing zombies to someone on twitter but before that there's a this is such a great like late 90s early 2000s like ah video games the 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 murder sim the murder simulators the alien shooty rudy mctooty games like even even just that like i I feel like this isn't such a thing anymore but the drawing the line in the sand between like good games like mario and you know yes cart like kids games versus like oh you're playing grand theft auto yeah (laughs) whoa um (laughs) yeah 
also i it would be we would be remiss to not point out that also the, the shitty fucking dursley fat phobia shit pops up here um in this letter uh because the reason he got mad and threw his playstation out the window is because his parents wouldn't let him have a donut or whatever ha 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 good one didn't it's didn't really get enough of that one out in the last one which i feel like was very over the top so honestly that one like almost uh went by me just because last book was so bad with that stuff that that's it true was... in the last book it was talking about how he was basically job of the hut like like yeah so that was yeah so yeah uh not a i would not say that this book has made the greatest first impression no yeah i liked the frank chapter for the most part i I don't know why harry seems so mean-spirited in chapter two for the purpose of exposition but that's just kind of where we are with him yeah it's very strange um also this do you notice this chapter just sort of ends at a really weird i i I, like turned the page Mm -hmm. and had to turn back i thought that i missed something uh i don't know if it's just like the formatting of the page that it just like looks like a full page and it ends really oddly but i do wonder if that's just going to be typical of the style going forward yeah yeah like like i said the frank chapter does have that like tv cold open feel but this chapter i think is where i was getting more of my thing about this being a lot more um like classic novel-esque is that like like this this did not have the typical harry potter like zinger ending of a chapter you know yeah um and and in fact uh preview for next week like i i forgot about that and i flipped open and like the last sentence of this chapter is without glancing at his reflection he started to get dressed before going down to breakfast and then it's just the the first sentence of the next chapter chapter three is by the time harry arrived in the kitchen etc so it's very uh huh. it's just it's just stylistically very different than than it has hmm. been in the last three books very interesting good chapter illustration him holding his scar going Whoa. well i honestly that's all i have for these chapters i yeah I, me um, too no we've been we've been having some very long episodes lately so i i feel a little a little funny having such short um chapter discussions but uh we'll see where we're at kind of going forward with these kind of this new style uh that this book seems yeah. to have how and... many chapters we're gonna be be reading per week is gonna be because i i admit there's got to be some weeks where where we'll hit like a crazy chapter and we'll just want to do one like yeah, like the spew that chapter. I, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and then, then I can see if, if more of them are like this, we could probably do like two or maybe even three, depending mm-hmm. on how short and and um, connected they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm happy to leave it here. I, I guess like, like a last question to ask here would be like, uh, how are your expectations for the rest of this book moving forward? Hmm. I am really hoping that Harry's characterization uh, fixes itself soon. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that this is kind of setting a setting a precedent that is just going to be going forward. That this is just him now. I enjoyed the Prisoner of Azkaban characterization of Harry so much that I would Me like too. to see a yeah. return to that. And I'm hoping. I'm really just. I'm hoping that this this chapter was a 
in my opinion, bad sacrifice for the sake of exposition. That's what I'm hoping to. All right, then. So that's it. That's it. That's that's our chapter discussion for season one or no season four, episode one. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, after we take a break, we uh, can kind of kick things off with a, a fun a little, I guess, kind of activity to kind of set the scene of, of, of the Shrieking Shack going forward in season four. All right, looking forward to it. great news uh for season four hell yes <laughs> and the news is uh that that here at the uh uh hurtwood house looks like looks like we've been tasked with uh with running the triwizard tournament oh fuck yeah <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> isn't that crazy that's great uh so you know uh we haven't really been introduced to the triwizard tournament in the book but i'm i'm sure that you all are familiar with it um we uncovered a great little uh, nugget yesterday about what the Triwizard Tournament was going to be called originally. Uh-huh. Do you want do you want to hit me with that one? The Doomspell Tournament. <laughs> and it was going to be called Harry Potter and the Doomspell Tournament, right? Yes, which, which is way, which is fucking cool. Incredible. Also incredible that that would be the name of the book uh, where they introduce the gun spell. (laughs) I hadn't even thought of that. Oh my God. What if that, oh, what if that was the connection? Can you, now I'm having a brain blast. Can you imagine, um, like, cause this book went through some rewrites, not as much as Order of the Phoenix, but it definitely had a bunch. Uh, and can you imagine if, like, it was called the Doomspell Tournament and the big twist was that at the end you had to kill someone? It's like the uh, fucking, it's like the fucking Hunger Games. You have to use the Doomspell. You have to, that's the, the ultimate, and, and, and Harry's like, oh, Dumbledore, what the fuck? And Dumbledore's like, oh, it's, it's tradition, my, my, my son, uh, <laughs> get his ass. Um, yeah, that yeah. sounds like, that sounds like Harry Potter to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Albus Dumbledore, the character we all know and love. <laughs> um, so, so I'm kind of going with our theme here. You know, we're in season four uh, here on the Shrieking Jack, and if we were a TV show, uh, this is the this is the season where we'd get a little bit uh, self indulgent. Oh you yeah. know? it's like yeah. you get you get those you get those episodes where you get to reference your own self because you know you're on season four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking, you know we should come up with a triwizard tournament or a doomspell tournament if you prefer that's three cha- three wizarding challenges um but i would like them all to uh kind of be you know shrieking shack lore this is hurtwood house that is putting this putting this on so like i i want to hear i want to hear some challenges that that are related to to stuff that we have we have pioneered so i'm going to i'm going to give like a good example can we can we maybe base a one of these challenges around the uh, elite hit wizards of the wizarding world. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, we actually hold an entire uh, uh, martial arts anime uh, tournament <laughs> arc 
Uh, oh, that sounds great. That's such a better um a better sports arc than the Firebolt chapters. <laughs> yeah, we, we we just get we just put like an entire Dragon Ball Z tournament arc in there. We actually build the um the uh the the Cell Games tournament stadium on the boat on the Hurtwood House, mm. uh, and the Hit Wizards have to have to do cool martial arts there, uh, and only one can be the winner. And me, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go this far. I'm going to say that's not actually part of our three. That's not part of our, our Triwizard challenges. How many? Oh, there yeah. Are three or four challenges. There are three. There are three. Okay. Um, uh, but that's not, it, that's instead of the goblet uh, is, is that oh. there's one winner from each, each, uh, each school. Um, and they are the, they are the champions who will then do the three. So instead of the stupid cup, uh, which is kind of lame. How about we just do an entire season of Dragon Ball Z on our boat, and that's how we pick our our champions. That sounds great, and I feel like this is really going to kind of weed out uh, students that might die. This is the Doom Spell Tournament. It is established that um, that students die in it a lot. So if we only have the most elite uh, martial artist hit wizards participating, uh-huh. I think that really it's like we're gonna get like good rates on our insurance for this because it's gonna like get you know our risk is is pretty low here that we've got these <laughs> well, these elite martial artists so we all know that the only the only person who could defeat Sirius black is an elite hit wizard right um yeah. so maybe he's the judge like like he uh, like you know in the fight because it's like the final three are there um but he's like after each fight he's like yeah yeah no that that one could kick my ass uh and he he just sort of like puts his seal of approval on everything yeah it's like you know he gets like immunity during the tournament uh he is he is is to be executed on site (laughs) however (laughs) during the doomspell tournament he he does get immunity on the hurtwood houseboat yeah Um, i said that like i said that like it's so i said hurtwood house boat but i said it like hurtwood houseboat um <laughs> that's what it's called now is the hurt because it is because that's the dorm so it is the hurtwood yeah. houseboat yeah fuck okay. yeah <laughs> good um so i think that uh i think this might be a good thing for our first challenge and i'm i'm gonna draw the like um uh the parallel because in in goblet of fire spoilers uh one of the, ch- the first challenge is dragons right and mm-hmm. dragon dragons are pretty scary, but you know dragons don't have it all going on. Um, but I think our first challenge should probably have uh, feature a phoenix carrying something really heavy. <laughs> um, this is a blast oh. from the past here. Oh God, uh, yeah. What if it's um, what if it's a game of Quidditch, but uh-huh. they have to be played on like being carried by phoenixes <laughs> instead of brooms. <laughs> I really like that. I also thought for sure that you were going to say like you're playing a game of Quidditch, but you know, Phoenixes are like dropping bombs on the field. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Quidditch, but you're, you're, you are being carried by Phoenixes instead of riding brooms. And also if anyone asks about a rule of Quidditch, they are just out. They are just expelled oh, yeah. from the, t- like the, if you don't know the rules of Quidditch by now, like that's, that's maybe more the challenge is that they have to, they have to like know the rules of Quidditch without asking anyone for, for an explainer. 
Oh yeah, that's important. Um, you think you can play Quidditch while being carried around with a phoenix if you don't know the rules? That's embarrassing. Yeah. Fucking moron. Yeah, what do you what do you think this is? This isn't the baby baby spell tournament for babies. This is the yeah. doom spell tournament. Yeah, for big boys. I, you played Quidditch. I'm really loving that, and I love it as like a a first. Uh, a first challenge especially just because it's like uh quidditch is familiar but but here's a twist you know Mm -hmm. yeah and and uh (laughs) just thinking because because it's it's what position would they have to play like 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 they would i think it's more that they would have to like play in a normal game of quidditch um each player it's like maybe would they be the seeker would they be the beater like what what would the 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 people with the bird be i feel like that's part of the challenge is you have to like kind of figure out what the best uh oh, what your the best, goal is the best one to be yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like the the giant chess game and in philosopher's stone it's like not only do you have to win this chess game but you have to figure out what the best of uh, the best role is to take on the right. chess board right got it yeah i don't know i can see that so yeah they don't tell anyone the rules of quidditch if they ask about the rules of quidditch or ask about positions, or even if they ask, if they, maybe if they, even if they ask, like, "Hey, what position am I playing?" Just done, you're out. Like, like Quidditch is an instinct. You gotta know. Yeah, because like, also the person who is who's you know playing in the Doomspell tournament, like in their opinion, Quidditch is the best sport in the world. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's like a really important part. Um, so I think that we got we got challenge one covered. And I think I think our champions will do a good job, especially since they've trained uh, against elite hit wizards. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to pull from our um, kind of extended Shriekcast universe, since this is a very self-indulgent episode here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to say sloth brain. Oh, what's yeah, the sloth. This is a cerebral challenge. <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn it. Um, Sorry. What if, what if, uh, what if it was, um, okay, so picture this. It's the maze from, from the book, right? You got to solve the maze. <laughs> sure. Except instead of just solving the maze normally, like it's just a fucking maze, um, mm-hmm. you have to pick an animal to transform into and you have to solve it with their brain. So like, <laughs> oh no. So like, like if you have the sloth brain, Maybe you move really slow, but like, I don't know, you can climb, you got big claws. Maybe you can climb the hedges or something. Or like the dog brain, the Dementors can't see you. Right. There's a lot of different animal brains that you could choose from uh, that, that, that might that might help you out in your in your quest. And there's a bunch of traps. Um, you could if you really like Dragon Age, you could turn into a rat. And it's basically like the rat level. From oh, that yeah, game. like the fade. The fade. Yeah. A lot of options here. Animal brain challenge. I love I love that. And I also love that we've established that Sirius is on the judge panel because he can watch and he can kind of turn to his other judge, Ludo Begman, and be like, oh, that kid sure hasn't mastered dog brain. Yeah, that kid's got a dumbass dog brain. Uh, um, Oh, but so like there be there each each one has its weaknesses, too. Like, like, I don't think there's like one particular uh, um. (laughs) <laughs> like, like one particular animal that could just like ace the entire thing because maybe like there's a part where you have to read colors and you're if you're the dog brain it's like well fuck i don't know what any of these colors are because i'm a dog and dog brain means i i'm colorblind 
um or or maybe you get stuck because there's a part where you have to like eat chocolate and you can't do that because you're a dog and that would kill you so so you're just stuck and you made a bad choice and the sloth you know he's slow but he can eat that chocolate and have and, and keep going yeah i don't know that sloths can eat chocolate but i do believe it <laughs> uh i i don't know if they can but i'm certainly picturing a very cute sloth doing that thing where they like dangle grapes into their mouth but it's like m&ms yeah that's me i think i also think that once you you know there's probably also a little sloth brain at the end of the maze and you have to then backtrack your way out of the maze to give it to professor snape otherwise he'll he'll think you stole it yeah snape is handing the challenge off and 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 uh the the crowd loves this one um and whenever someone is like on the way back the whole crowd is just going crazy and they're just chanting give snake brain give snake brain give snake brain (laughs) oh no uh yeah well i mean i think that this this challenge is good because the second challenge in goblet of fire is like an extremely bad spectator sport um because they're all in the lake and this probably uh-huh. isn't well, very good uh, to spectate so i'm glad you've given some audience participation uh <laughs> component in here since there's not going to be really anything to do um yeah. just watching so, some animals solve a maze sure um so i think i'm on to the third challenge and this mm-hmm. is uh this is going to be a tough one um and i i wanted to make it sinister because Ooh. obviously the third one has to be right yeah, that's the spooky one. So um, what I've chosen for this one, and this might be going going a little deep here, um, but this this challenge must uh, contain Colin Farrell morphing into Johnny Depp. <laughs> Wait, is it like is it like a transfiguration contest? Like maybe <laughs> could be anything. Yeah, like. Or it's a it's a cosplay contest where you dress up as Colin Farrell, but then you have to to do your best transfiguration into another costume, which is Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It, it, I, I just <laughs> I just um I feel like I've watched one of those like talent reality shows like America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent or whatever. And one of the like really popular ones is like that that magicians the magician's trick where someone like changes clothes really fast many many times Mm -hmm. um so it's gotta it's gotta be something like that like i want to see some choreography here oh okay uh this isn't this isn't specifically uh shack or tournament related but i would like to tell the audience that story i told you about when i was at the (laughs) comic convention uh and there was someone there who was just cosplaying johnny depp um and to be clear (laughs) I don't mean that they were cosplaying like Captain Jack or 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 anything. Uh, they were just cosplaying as like casual clothes Johnny Depp. Um, specifically, That's so like, baffling. It's so funny. Like, I, it's got to be something like someone at one point told them like, "Oh, you kind of look like Johnny Depp," and they like took it way too far. Uh, because yeah, they were they were like impersonator level costume of just like I recognize that press photo that you are pretending to be and i don't know why you're doing that are you Um, sure it wasn't just johnny depp oh my god if it had just been johnny depp (laughs) like maybe it was and he was just fucking there that would have been (sighs) i could have asked him what he meant by the fucking speech that he gave at the harry potter thing 
I'm pretty sure it was not Johnny Depp because he would have been swarmed. Of yeah, people, right. Yeah, but, fair enough. But, uh, Although it could have just but, been uh, the perfect the perfect disguise, you know. He's just like Tom Felton. He's just like going there, and no one recognizes him. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a guy just just cosplaying Johnny Depp, the guy, not not a character. Um, so maybe that's part of the challenge. Uh, what if what if uh, what if instead of it being like on a stage with like choreography, what if it's more like a hidden camera thing where like mm. the contestants have to go into a muggle area as Johnny or as Colin Farrell and then do the transformation at some point and see if anyone recognizes it. Cause like, that's how you tell, right. Is if the, if the muggles recognize you, cause if they're like, you did, you know, if you do a bad job with your transformation, you're like, who are you? You look like fucking, I don't know. You, you don't look, you don't look like Colin Farrell. You look like Colin Firth. You fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> different actor uh that would be that would be embarrassing so you know a live audience might be might be a, a, a an important part here yeah no i i like that a lot what if what if i turn this on its head and say like what if the what if the goal is to stop colin farrell from turning into johnny depp <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like jingle your keys and distract him like, like no no giving- don't do it <laughs> oh, don't think think of how much cooler you look with this haircut no don't 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 bleach your hair all weird don't don't do that <laughs> call in yeah I, i'm you know it's too bad that we you know used the maze already because it was like we could put colin farrell in the maze and then you have to like chase after him to stop him from turning into johnny <laughs> depp <laughs> Oh, oh my! He no. Instead of the, the Sphinx riddle, it's Colin Farrell, <laughs> and, and he's he's just like he's he gives you a riddle, and if you answer it wrong, he uh he like changes one part of himself into Johnny Depp, and he oh. transforms all the way. You're fucked, uh, yeah. and, and you're out of there. Um, yeah, that's horrible. Actually, no, that would be that would be a. That might be a problem because I think like as soon as he changed his head to Johnny Depp's head, he would need to have his lines given to him in an earpiece. Uh, and uh, the, and yeah, but then just... it's just like even harder to get him to stop. <laughs> it's like he, you know, he has the brain of Johnny Depp now. Uh, oh no, so... that's even worse than dog brain. <laughs> Quite a bit worse, if you ask me. <laughs> oh yeah, um... a lot worse. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, I like all of those ideas. Um, is there anything, any other um, good things that maybe I forgot that we could work into a challenge? I have, I have an idea. Oh yeah. Um, and it's kind of a two-parter. Sure. Um, uh, what if the challenge was to design uh, a Harry Potter video game, and they had, to, oh, and they had to, they had to make, fuck. they had to make a Harry Potter video game. And Ron Weasley could be there to tell them whether it was wicked or not. And oh, he, that's he, so good. They, yeah, because game development, because like you know, it's a surprise. Just like the maze was a surprise in the in the book. Uh, you know, they were like, "What's what's this challenge going to be?" Like, you know, I've 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 toppled this martial arts hierarchy. I'm strong. I've I've I've, I've used my cunning. But it's like now. You've got to work with a, a, a developer and a budget and make a make a satisfying video game for Ron Weasley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and who uh, like 
who's going to excel at making at making Skyrim, you know? <laughs> you have to Yeah, you, you need to know. <laughs> No. Oh my god, no. What if we combine these and we have uh a a maze where you have to run away from Colin Farrell or Johnny Depp? Uh uh but you're but the problem is that you have to run towards the camera and you can't Oh, I see. Yeah, absolutely. The camera's locked and you have to look behind you and you got to get away. As a person, maybe you've got like a camera in front of your face. I mean, uh, it's uh, magic. It's magic. Oh, a, a weird spell that <laughs> makes you like exist outside your body and you're like in third person. That sounds horrifying and I love it. The spell that gives your real life self the N64 camera. <laughs> disassociate the worst curse of them all that's that's an unforgivable curse that's, for the, sure. that's the fourth unforgivable yeah <laughs> <laughs> see again the 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 final challenge is is game development and you need to get in it. one you know the the number one is 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 ron is there and he can give you the wicked and the and the bloody hell depending on you know how he feels about it but he's really just like the he's like the help you get while you're making it like you know like on british bake-off or whatever where they walk around while they're still cooking and they're like "Ooh, i don't know about that one or like "Ooh, that looks good and they sort of like nudge them in a direction yeah he's that he's that equivalent but the yeah he is but you also you're also provided with a macbook that's open to the harry potter subreddit if you need to, <laughs> to crowdsource some ideas yes you you have to um yeah there's well there's a time turner spell where where whatever you're working on um um in the future there's a future subreddit where where people are commenting on on your idea and you kind of have to like get it right you know you can use that to to shape your ideas so they're like uh, well, I really liked that it was free roam and that I could make my own character, um, but uh, there there was no online play. And then someone else is working on it and they're like, well, it's cool that it's got a battle royale mode, but there's no single player. And so, like, you know, Ugh, just got to, yeah. um, you know, meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, um, definitely. And they're, none of them are happy about the microtransactions, but we oh. have to fund this tournament somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the houseboat doesn't keep itself afloat no where's this money saying. coming from gotta um, get the galleons and the nuts gotta get that nut <laughs> uh so yeah um oh and you need if you don't get an 85 on metacritic you're they, that's when they kill you that's that's yeah, you know, they say that, like if you know hmm. try a lot of wizards die in this in this ancient tournament it's, it's all tradition but like mainly it's because you didn't get a high enough score on metacritic yeah and you get hit with that doom spell that's just that's just how the game is played though that's just that's just game development <laughs> well thank you for for participating in our uh our first annual uh hurtwood houseboat triwizard doomspell tournament please write in uh we've got a whole damn book of of triwizard stuff and uh if you would like to write in uh with your with your triwizard uh um stories that uh or, or try wizard ideas that could be a lot of fun to see what the what the rest of the members of hurtwood house have to say yeah absolutely because because we're all we're all part of it so we gotta we gotta get those ideas this is gonna make the challenges in the book really boring uh I should, i've ru- i've ruined them that's true <laughs> yeah it's um it's a lot better than when we get in the book i can't wait i cannot wait for the the classic moment we're we're gonna have such a fun time when we get to the movie and we're gonna because we we've just had a whole episode about 
adaptation, right? Mm-hmm. And I am so excited to to get to the Dumbledore thing that everyone always makes fun of. The, like, did you put your name in the Goblet oh, of Fire? God. Thing? Yeah. Because I I'm I am I am actually curious. I don't know where I'm gonna fall on that. Sure. Like, like because because you know we've just been talking about like adaptation and why it's totally fine to like change scenes and stuff but like i remember that being mondo stupid i remember it being quite shocking like i i remember thinking like that's not how it went um or that's not like how i imagined dumbledore but like i can see myself falling on the other side where i where i say you know i can see why they would want to add some tension to that scene yeah yeah because we'll see um I'm trying to get into the Shriekcast email right now because we got a very, very good email, but I can't remember my uh, password. Uh, so give me a second here. Yeah, no problem. Do, 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 do. Uh, I would like to say that um, I the name that I have this email under is the Shriekcast or the Shrieking Shack. Mm-hmm. So while I'm trying to log in, the, the login page says, hi, the. <laughs> Which is that's that's our first name. Yeah, it is. Okay, we got a great email from a fan. That's great. About that Target event that I went to. Oh, yeah. Hello, Shriekers. My name is Six. I recently picked up the show and I'm enjoying it greatly. Thank you. Um, I went through episodes pretty quickly. And so it was last week that I listened to episode 21, in which ZC described their experience at a Target Harry Potter event. Well, as a Target employee myself who ended up working that event at a different location, I thought I'd write about the experience. Yeah, this is so exciting. First off, I was informed that I was working the event the night before by complete chance. I happened to head in while I was off work to get groceries and a coworker asked if I was ready for the event. It's in quotes, the event. It seemed I'd been selected for the event without being told, as it happens as happens to me so often. Sometimes it feels like they go out of their way to pick folks with social anxiety. Oh. Uh, anyway, I was to be working the front and and was also the only person of the three plus employees, uh, or sorry, three employees plus one manager who knew a single thing about Harry Potter. Combine that with being a glasses wearing geek, and I was the obvious pick for the event's front lines. The universal discomfort of being of working these retail events is being obligated to try to rope people in who just want you to leave them the fuck alone oh my gosh i ended up wishing many folks who just wanted to get groceries a magical day and attempting (laughs) to convince them to take a lego backpack uh people were at least pretty polite about the whole thing i'm also thankful that unlike the store you visited no one demanded i use an accent it would not have gone well (laughs) that i i yeah i cannot stress how weird that was especially uh like because like i have a british family right like i i could tell immediately it's like oh oh no some you poor soul someone has like told you to do this um as much as i dislike events there were some nice moments in this one many kids and even young adults were genuinely excited to be receiving the mediocre swag uh what's more i had a special bonus prize that i was able to give out a statue of hedwig perched of tops and textbooks constructed out of lego that sounds awesome i want that um it was honestly a pretty decent piece of merch, and when I awarded it to a 10-year-old girl as a prize for Aww. finding the special letters from Hogwarts, she was so excited she nearly cried. Uh, it was kind of nice seeing... that. Yeah, kind of nice seeing folks with genuine innocent passion for this thing I had left behind. Uh, I wish I had more entertaining horror stories, but honestly, <laughs> things went pretty smoothly. It was bizarre and stressful to see a big line form for Lego backpacks and coloring sheets. 
but when I compared this to the other events I'd have to work, I've had to work, it was easily the most pleasant. I would run this 10 more times before allowing myself to be in the position of trying to talk folks into posing inside the Christmas chimney for a photo for six straight hours. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that was, wow. Uh, thank you very much for that lovely story. That is really, really funny. Um, that's, that's, that's so great. I... Oh, that makes me me so happy. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you. I um I have you know worked retail at various points, and I can definitely definitely relate to the like I I I am the I'm the kind of person where it's like when when I ask like can I help you and they say no I'm like well all right great <laughs> thank you great this is a this is a mutually beneficial transaction <laughs> yeah uh so so that's. That's a very sweet story. I'm I'm glad that people uh, enjoyed uh, going never, going to that I've, event. I've never had like a sweet work interaction. I uh, <laughs> I worked at a pizza place, and and that was just a fucking nightmare, right? Like 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 I wish I could give someone a Lego Hedwig statue. It's way better than like being yelled at by someone in a MAGA hat that they want more pepperoni on their damn pizza. Like, <laughs> yeah, our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon you can check them out on Bandcamp. huge thanks to them for letting us use that for our theme song uh we have a patreon we just recorded a bonus episode that will be going up um probably as of the time you listen to this it will also be up so there you go um but yeah if you subscribe to that uh you can help us reach our goal we we hit the first funny number we have 69 subscribers nice um, so now we just need to move on to the next one we need to we need to hit that 420 um uh i i know we can do it uh if you keep spreading the show like you have all been doing it means so much to us and if you encourage people to leave itunes reviews that is also a huge help and liz what are we reading next week uh good question we are definitely reading chapter three which is called the invitation we are definitely reading chapter four which is called back to the burrow are we going to read chapter five also? I think we might want to. Okay. These are some I, I damn so short too. chapters. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're we're going to hit three, four, and five. And chapter five is called we- Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. I'm going to have to practice practice that one. World Wide <laughs> Web. <laughs> World Wide Wheeze. Yep. And uh, now more than ever... I think with 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 these with these kind of weird opening chapters, I feel more confident than ever saying, "Please read another book." Please read another book. There's a lady there makes ocean rolls seem tame, but I know what you're after if you catch her eye, 'cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.